Welcome to Telling Tales Podcast. I'm Rissa Ree. The juniper tree is arguably one of the most shocking fairy tales. It is the ultimate incarnation of the evil stepmother trope. In fact, the devil plays a large part in the cruel, power-hungry struggles of the stepmother. This tale was written by a man named Philip Otto Runga, and he was deeply Christian, bent toward the mystical, an artist as well as a writer. His works reveal his truths about the divine energy found in nature and the harmony of the universe. There are no less than five religious references in this tale. Let's see if you can find them all. This is The Juniper Tree by Philip Otto Runge. A long time ago, as many as 2,000 years ago, there was a rich man who had a beautiful and pious wife. They loved each other dearly, but they had no children, even though they longed to have them. Day and night, the wife prayed for a child, but still they had none. In front of the house, there was a garden, and in the garden, there grew a juniper tree. Once, in the winter time, the wife was peeling an apple under the tree, and while she was peeling it, she cut her finger. Blood dripped on the snow. Ah, said the woman, and she sighed deeply. If only I had a child as red as blood and as white as snow. After she said that, she began to feel better, for she had a feeling that something would come of it, and she went back into the house. A month went by, and the snow melted. Two months passed, and everything had become green. Three months went by, and flowers were sprouting from the ground. Four months passed, and all the trees in the woods were growing tall, with their green branches intertwining. The woods echoed with the songs of birds, and blossoms were falling from the trees. And so the fifth month went by, and when the woman sat under the juniper tree, her heart leapt for joy because the tree was so fragrant. She fell to her knees and was beside herself with happiness. When the sixth month had passed, the fruit grew large and firm, and she became very quiet. In the seventh month, she picked the berries from the juniper tree and gorged herself on them until she became miserable and ill. After the eighth month went by, she called her husband and, in tears, said to him, If I die, bury me under the juniper tree. After that, she felt better and was calm until the ninth month had passed. Then she bore a child as white as snow and as red as blood. When she saw the child, she was so happy that she died of joy. The woman's husband buried her under the juniper tree, and he wept day after day. After a while, he felt better, but he still cried from time to time. Eventually, he stopped and then took a second wife. The man had a daughter with his second wife. The child from the first marriage had been a little boy, as red as blood and as white as snow. Whenever the woman looked at her daughter, she felt love for her. But whenever she looked at the little boy, she felt sick at heart. It seemed that no matter where he went, he was always in the way. And she kept wondering how she could make sure that her daughter eventually inherited everything. The devil got a hold of her so that she began to hate the little boy. 
and she slapped him around and pinched him here and cuffed him there. The poor child lived in terror, and when he came home from school, he had no peace at all. One day, the woman went into the pantry. Her little daughter followed her and asked, Mother, will you give me an apple? All right, my child, said the woman, and she gave her a beautiful apple from a chest that had a big heavy lid with a sharp iron lock on it. Mother, asked the little girl, can brother have one too? The woman was irritated, but she said, yes, he can have one when he gets back from school. When the woman looked out the window and saw the boy walking home, it was as if the devil had taken hold of her, and she snatched the apple out of her daughter's hand and said, you can't have one before your brother. Then she tossed the apple into the chest and shut it. The little boy walked in the door and the devil got her to whisper sweetly to him and say, My son, would you like an apple? But she gave him a look filled with hate. Mother, said the little boy, what a scary look. Yes, give me an apple. When the little boy bent down, the devil prompted her, and bam! She slammed the lid down so hard that the boy's head flew off and fell into the chest with the apples. Then she was overcome with fear and thought, how am I going to get out of this? She went to her room and took a white kerchief from her dresser drawer. She put the boy's head back on his neck and tied the scarf around it so that you couldn't tell anything was wrong. Then she sat him down on a chair in front of the door and put an apple in his hand. Later on, little Marlene came into the kitchen to see her mother, who was standing by the fire, madly stirring a pot of hot water. Mother, said little Marlene, Brother is sitting by the door and looks pale. He has an apple in his hand, and when I asked him to give me the apple, he wouldn't answer. It was very scary. Go back to him, the mother said, and if he doesn't give you an answer, slap his face. Little Marlene went back to him and said, Brother, give me the apple. Her brother wouldn't answer. So Marlene gave him a slap and his head went flying off. She was so terrified that she began to howl and weep. Then she ran to her mother and said, Mother, I've knocked brother's head right off. And she was crying so hard that she couldn't stop. Little Marlene, said her mother, what a dreadful thing you've done. Don't breathe a word to a soul, for there's nothing we can do. We'll cook him up in a stew. The mother then took the little boy and chopped him up. She put the pieces into a pot and cooked them up into a stew. Little Marlene stood by the fire and wept so hard that the stew didn't need any salt because of all of her tears. When the father came home, he sat down at the table and said, Where's my son? The mother brought in a huge dish of stew, and little Marlene was weeping so hard that she couldn't stop. Where's my son? The father asked again. Oh, said the mother. He went off to the country to visit his mother's great uncle. He is planning to stay there a while. What's he going to do there? He didn't even say goodbye to me. Well, he really wanted to go, and he asked if he could stay for six weeks. They'll take good care of him. Oh, that makes me so sad, said the husband. It's not right. He should have said goodbye. Then he began eating and said, Little Marlene, why are you crying? Your brother will be back soon. And he said, Oh, dear wife. This stew tastes so good. Give me some more. The more the father ate, 
the more he wanted. Give me some more, he said. No one else can have any of it. Somehow, I feel as if it's all for me. The father kept eating, and he threw the bones under the table until he had finished every bite. Meanwhile, little Marlene went to her dresser and got her best silk kerchief. She picked up all the bones from beneath the table, tied them up in her silk kerchief, and carried them outside. She began weeping bitter tears. She put the bones down in the green grass under the juniper tree. After she had put them down, she suddenly felt much better and stopped crying. The juniper tree began stirring. Its branches parted and came back together again, as though it were clapping its hands for joy. A mist arose from the tree, and in the middle of the mist, a flame was burning, and from the flame, a beautiful bird emerged and began singing gloriously. It soared up in the air and then vanished. The tree was as it had been before, but the kerchief with the bones was gone. Little Marlene felt so happy and relieved because it seemed as if her brother were still alive. She returned home feeling happy and sat down at the table to eat. Meanwhile, the bird flew away, perched on the roof of a goldsmith's house, and began singing. My mother, she slew me. My father, he ate me. My sister, little Marlene, gathered up my bones, tied them up in silk, and put them under the juniper tree. Tweet, tweet, what a fine bird I am. The goldsmith was sitting in his shop, making a chain of gold. He heard the bird singing on his roof, and he found its song very beautiful. He got up, and, while walking across the threshold, lost a slipper. Still, he kept right on going out into the middle of the street with only one sock and one slipper on. He was also wearing his apron, and in one hand he had the golden chain, in the other his tongs. The sun was shining brightly on the street. He stopped to look at the bird and said, Bird, you sing so beautifully. Sing me that song again. No, said the bird. I never sing a second time for nothing. Give me that golden chain, and I'll sing for you again. Here, said the goldsmith, here's the golden chain. Now sing that song again. The bird came swooping down, grasping the golden chain in its right claw. It perched in front of the goldsmith and began singing. My mother, she slew me. My father, he ate me. My sister, little Marlene, gathered up my bones, tied them up in silk, and put them under the juniper tree. Tweet, tweet, what a fine bird I am. Then the bird flew off to a shoemaker's house, perched on the roof, and sang his song again. When the shoemaker heard the song, he ran out the door in his shirt sleeves and looked up at the roof. He had to put his hand over his eyes to keep the sun from blinding him. Bird, he said, you sing so beautifully. Then he called into the house. Wife, come out here for a moment. There's a bird up there. See it? How beautifully it is singing. The shoemaker called his daughter and her children, his apprentices, the hired hand, and the maid. They all came running out into the street to look at the bird and to admire its beauty. It had red and green feathers, and around its neck was a band of pure gold, and the eyes in its head sparkled like stars. Bird, said the shoemaker, 
sing that song again. No, said the bird. I never sing a second time for nothing. You have to give me something. Wife, said the man, go up to the attic. On the top shelf, you'll find a pair of red shoes. Get them for me. His wife went and got the shoes. Here, said the man. Now sing that song again. The bird came swooping down, taking the shoes in its left claw. It flew back up on the roof and sang. My mother, she slew me. My father, he ate me. My sister, little Marlene, gathered up my bones, tied them up in silk, and put them under the juniper tree. Tweet, tweet, what a fine bird I am. When the bird had finished the song, it flew away. It had the chain in its right claw and the shoes in its left, and it flew far away to a mill. Inside the mill sat twenty of the miller's men hewing a stone, and the mill kept going. And so the bird went and perched on a linden tree outside the mill and sang, My mother, she slew me. And one of the men stopped working. My father, he ate me. And two more stopped working and listened. My sister, little Marlene. Then four men stopped working, gathered up my bones, tied them up in silk. Now only eight were hewing, and put them under... Now only five. The juniper tree. Now only one. Tweet, tweet. What a fine bird I am. The last one stopped to listen to the final words. Bird, he said. You sing so beautifully. Let me hear the whole thing, too. Sing that song again. I never sing the second time for nothing. If you give me the millstone, I'll sing the song again. If it belonged to me alone, he said. I would give it to you. If the bird sings again, the other said, it can have the millstone. Then the bird swooped down, and the miller's men, all twenty of them, set the beam to and raised up the stone. And the bird stuck its neck through the hole, put the stone on as if it were a collar, flew back to the tree, and sang. My mother, she slew me. My father, he ate me. My sister, little Marlene, gathered up my bones, tied them up in silk, and put them under the juniper tree. Tweet, tweet, what a fine bird I am. When the bird had finished its song, it spread its wings, in its right claw was the chain, in its left claw the shoes, and around its neck was the millstone. Then it flew away, far away, to the house of its father. The father, mother, and little Marlene were sitting at the table in the parlor, and the father said, how happy I am. My heart feels so light. Not me, said the mother. I feel frightened, as if a big storm were brewing. Meanwhile, little Marlene just sat there weeping. The bird flew up, and when it landed on the roof, the father said, How happy I'm feeling, and outside the sun is shining so brightly, I feel as if I'm about to see an old friend again. I don't, said the woman. I'm so scared that my teeth are chattering, and I feel as if there's fire running through my veins. She tore at her bodice to loosen it, while little Marlene sat there weeping. She held her apron up to her eyes and wept so hard that it was completely soaked with tears. The bird swooped down to the juniper tree, perched on a branch, and sang. My mother, she slew me. The mother stopped up her ears and closed her eyes for she didn't want to see or hear anything, 
but the roaring in her ears was like the wildest possible storm, and her eyes burned and flashed like lightning. My father, he ate me. Oh, mother, said the man, there's a beautiful bird out there, and it's singing so gloriously. The sun is shining so warmly, and the air smells like cinnamon. My sister, little Marlene. Little Marlene put her head in her lap and just kept crying and crying. But the husband said, I'm going outside. I've got to see this bird up close. Oh, don't go, said the wife. It feels as if the whole world is shaking and I'm about to go up in flames. But the husband went out and looked at the bird, gathered up my bones, tied them up in silk, and put them under the juniper tree. Tweet, tweet, what a fine bird I am. After finishing its song, the bird dropped the golden chain, and it fell right around the man's neck, hanging perfectly. He went inside and said, Just look at that fine bird out there. It gave me this beautiful golden chain, almost as beautiful as it is. The woman was so terrified that she fell down on the floor, and the cap she was wearing came off her head, and once again, the bird sang. My mother, she slew me. Oh, if only I were a thousand feet under the ground so that I wouldn't have to listen to this. My father, he ate me. Then the woman fell down again, as if dead. My sister, little Marlene. Oh, said little Marlene, I want to go outside and see if the bird will give me something too. And she went out, gathered up my bones, tied them up in silk. And then the bird tossed her the shoes and put them under the juniper tree. Tweet, tweet, what a fine bird I am. Little Marlene felt lighthearted and happy. She put on her new red shoes and came dancing and skipping into the house. Oh, said little Marlene, I was so sad when I went out, and now I feel so cheerful. What a fine bird that is out there. It gave me a pair of red shoes. The woman jumped to her feet and her hair stood straight on end like tongues of flame. It's as if the world is coming to an end. If I go outside, maybe I'll feel better too. The woman went over to the door, and bam! The bird dropped the millstone on her head and crushed her to death. The father and little Marlene heard the crash and went outside. Smoke, flames, and fire were rising up from the spot, and when they vanished, little brother was back standing right there. He took his father and little Marlene by the hand, and the three of them were overcome with joy. Then they went back in the house, sat down at the table, and dined. Matricide, cannibalism, treachery, abandonment, child abuse and neglect, beheading? I mean, who wouldn't read this to their children at night? Despite the easily highlighted horror in this tale, there are many parts that are beautiful. The biological mother's innate connection to nature, the rebirth of the sun, a happy ever after ending. Were you able to find at least five allusions to Christianity throughout the tale? If you caught them all, then I'm impressed. But if you didn't, here they are. Number one, the story was set 2,000 years ago, which is unusually specific for a fairy tale, and that plants this tale firmly in biblical times. Number two, 
whether or not the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden was indeed an apple or not, apples and temptation have become synonyms. The biological mother is peeling one under the tree, and an apple will later tempt the son to his demise. Number three is the classic the devil made me do it argument used on multiple occasions by the stepmother. Number four, there is a verse in the Bible, Matthew chapter 18, verse five through six, where a millstone is said to drown anyone who tries to injure the young and the innocent. And number five, the little boy, he's alive, he dies, he transforms into a bird, and then is resurrected upon the death of his stepmother through the millstone of justice. I hope you enjoyed this version of Hansel and Gretel. It's grim and dark and gory with striking imagery and a really weird lesson to be learned for all stepmothers, I suppose. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I created Telling Tales to really dive into one of my true loves of life, fairy tales. If you love them too, then please like, subscribe, and share this podcast. You can stay up to date by following me on Instagram, at Telling Tales. Have a magical day.